and welcome to episode number 19. Is it nine? Is it 19? Tell you what, you check your Spotify, you tell me. Is it 19 episodes? I think it might be. Of Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking. I'm Tom Whitcomb, you show some respect. It's great to be here. Coming at you live from a brand new studio, and by studio I mean spare room in a different house. Three houses in three weeks, still doing renovations. I've decided that, you know, every comedian needs a point of difference, something to help them stand out. Uh, And, you know, some comedians do that by talking about being queer and and being part of the LGBT community. Some do it by talking about their experience as a person of colour. The way I'm going to stand out is I'm going to be the only open mic comedian talking about home ownership. Because if you've met open mic comedians, you'll know, not a common topic. A lot of talk about share houses, a lot of talk about not being able to afford lunch, not a lot of talk about planning and going through with a renovation. Not, not a lot of talk about choosing tiles. Unless you are taking on the order from somebody else, you know. Fair few tradies in the game. Very few who have the kind of disposable income to hire tradies. That's just me. <clears throat> That's just me because, you know, there's a lot of delusion in comedy. There's a lot of delusion about whether people will make it or not. My brand of delusion is the idea that I can both make it but also have a mortgage. Not like make it and then get a mortgage. No, no, no. Have a mortgage on the way up. I am counting so hard on my partner's career taking off. And look, I don't think, I think that's a safe bet. I think that's a safer bet than counting on me ever being able to turn this into a full-time job. But uh, those two things are definitely interrelated. If, If my girlfriend isn't earning, you know, 1% of money. The dream's over because I'm going to have to keep a real job for, for far too long. I'm spending a lot of my time on stage at the moment. A lot of the jokes I'm trying to write is about uh, shitting on advertising, this industry that I work on and in. Uh, and uh, it's, it's hard because you spend so much time writing about not having respect for the thing that you do and then you have to go and do it. Uh, it's not very, not very helpful. Not very helpful at all. Right now, we're in the middle, of, as I'm sure none of you know, because first of all, none of my coworkers listen to this podcast, or at the very least, I really hope not. And if you do, I love working with you every day. Oh, what a what a thrill it is to be in this industry. Uh, but for the uh, people, where's my water? I heard the dog drinking. Made me thirsty. There it is on the table. Uh, for those of you who, who might not be aware, and I really hope that's most of you, uh, at the moment is the Khan Advertising Festival, um, you know, because Khan has a film festival and an advertising festival. It has uh, an award show for people who are legitimate art creators and for people who like to pretend they are. And again, I'm not talking about any of the people that I work with who are listening to this podcast. I am, of course, talking about all the people I work with who don't listen to this podcast. Uh, But if you're listening and we work together, not you. You're one of the greats. You really make me think about cheeseburgers in a whole new light that I didn't knew. I had no idea was was even possible before. Oh, what a delight. Coming at you live from uh, from Randwick, just, just, you know, there's something about renting an Airbnb in the same postcode that you live in, which feels very wrong. I tr- <clears throat> we, we tried to find people on Facebook Marketplace who we could stay with, and, and unfortunately we just have standards far too high for our own good. 
Like, can we really afford to stay in this place? I mean, it only has two bedrooms. And the second bedroom is barely even a bedroom. What if one of us gets food poisoning and needs our own bed? We can't. I can't possibly relegate myself to a, to a single bed. That would be unheard of. What, what, why do we even work this hard to end up in that scenario? We're sharing a queen, my partner and I are sharing a queen-size bed for the first time in a long time, and we, uh, now we, we touch sometimes at nights, and that's no way to live. I, uh, personally, I've been, I've been barracking for separate beds for a, for a long time See, because we have two bedrooms at our house, and I'm like, we have two bedrooms, why aren't we making the most of this? Why don't I take the guest room? I'll be very you know chivalrous about the whole thing. She can have the master. I'll take the guest. I'll meet you in, in, in the kitchen for breakfast at 8 o'clock tomorrow. Um, I'll have my... Eggs sunny side up. Thank you very much. But no, now we're we're in a queen size bed, where you know she keeps removing the pillows that I put between us because we can't touch. That's gay. Um, it's very. It's amazing how quickly you know when we first started dating, we were in double beds. Again, a single double bed. We didn't have our again. I would campaign. Why don't we just move your double bed into my room and we can just kind of ferret them back and forth? But. Uh, I think the word I was looking for was ferry. Ferry them back and forth? I said ferret, and it made sense. Is ferreting a verb? Because you can squirrel something. What does it mean to ferret something? I don't have a laptop in reaching distance. Um, Yeah, we used to share a double bed. And, you know, don't get me wrong, it was tight, but we, we made do. And then we went to a queen, and we were like, wow. What luxury, what excess, what... uh. What a place to be in. And then uh, we pushed to king-sized, and now there's just no going back. Like I said, the only way up would be separate beds. I'll, I'll even accept bunk beds. I'll go back to a single bed each uh, as long as it's only me in there because I need, I need the security of knowing there is at least uh, a full channel that a, a third human being could sleep in if it came to that, and we would still have a little bit of space between us and that third person. That's... Uh, that's the situation I'd like to find myself in. Uh, it's so strange, you know. The difference between a single and a and a relationship mindset, so different. I mean, I had I spoke to a friend of mine recently who is just I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the circles he walks in. I don't know if it's a it's a way he carries himself. But he just has so much sex, and it's not like don't get me wrong, not an attractive guy like not an unattractive guy but he's just he's 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 fine at best i mean he could be somebody's thing he's got that kind of look that someone would be like yeah that's really what i'm into and then you would go i don't get it at all that kind of thing he's a very specific looking individual that some people would be into and it's gonna have something to do with looking like someone's dad that's the only way that i can see that making sense uh isn't it? It's interesting the, the the kind of the little the things that people go for, especially in your own gender, when you just don't see it. When you find out that not only does a girl you know find a guy that you know attractive, all of her friends agree. Like they sit around and they discuss how attractive this certain individual is, and you're like, that guy, Marcus, Marcus is your idea of 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 a good time, Marcus. With, with the hairy chest and the eyes are a little too close together, Marcus. 
But yeah, apparently that's it. But so my my mate, he 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 does. He's and apparently recently he's just gotten out of a, a relationship, and uh, now he's doing very well for himself. And he said he was uh, in bed one night and got propositioned a threesome over text. And obviously he 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 backed this up with screenshots because why not? Oh, to be fair, if there weren't screenshots, I wouldn't have believed any of it. I would be like, you're full of shit. No, but he's, he posted screenshots in the group chat of this girl saying, you should come and meet my best friend. I'm sure we can all fit in your bed. And he turned it down because he had to go to a house inspection the next day. D- does that... I didn't sleep that night. It didn't make any sense. I couldn't wrap my head around it. What do you mean? Late for a house inspection? How much... Cognitive ability, you know, do you, just for context, this guy does so much cocaine. This guy is never fully present. This guy is always cognitively inhibited. Why tonight of all nights? And there's a part of me, these are the two thoughts in my head. There's the first part of me, which is like, oh my goodness, a threesome? Two women? What a f- what an amazing experience! I've never, I've never, I've never had that, and I never thought I would. It would always have been a fantasy, uh, but in practice, it would scare the shit out of me. That's just twice as many women to disappoint. That's what frightens me about that. That is not, that is not where I am set up to do my best work. At all. I wanted to write a joke about this, but it already exists by a far better comedian. How like I wouldn't want. I don't think I would actually want to have a threesome. I, maybe he did exactly what I want to do, actually, which is to know it's on the table and just take the win of, like, I could have. Just to know that you could have. The joke is that consent is the best part of sex. Like, why would anyone forego that? That's the only part I like. Because the rest of it is all just pure sensorial pleasure. Like, I, I can eat an ice cream and get nine-tenths of the same amount of pleasure. But the knowledge that someone wanted to, that's pure affirmation, and that's what I'm all about. Oh, it's been a huge week in the news. Trans women aren't allowed to swim anymore, uh, so I imagine pretty soon they'll be banned from uh, beaches and, and boats and ferries just to be safe, for their own safety. It's a real shame that they, they can't, they're not allowed to, uh, to, to, to operate in water below shoulder height, but look, we need that for fairness uh, for, for women, apparently. Um, I've been watch- I watch a lot of YouTube these days. I watch way too much YouTube. I spend a lot of my working day. This is, I don't think I've been in this situation before where I just go to YouTube looking for something to watch. I don't go... I used to just go when I was like, oh, I want to listen to this song. I'd like to see this stand-up routine. Oh, I'd like to see a clip from this show. Now I'm just like, YouTube, you tell me what to watch. YouTube, I'm I'm all yours. You you lead the way. And then now my algorithm just doesn't know what th- my algorithm must be so confused because on the one hand I watch a lot of very right-wing commentators like Ben Shapiro and uh, Stephen Crowder and this guy called Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh has made this documentary called What is a Woman, which is all about people, trans women not being able to define what a woman is. And I watch that and I'm like, yeah, you woke idiots. 
You left wing morons. Like, what are you? Oh, you think you're cool with your blue hair? <laughs> These people are cognitive misers. They are not to be trusted. They're trying to bring down the fabric of democratic society, if you ask me. And then I'll go watch a bunch of left wing commentators who are just the exactly the same thing with different colored ties on. And I go, yeah, these fucking rednecks. These conservative, racist, transphobic, homophobic pieces of shit trying to bring down people who are different to them just because they don't understand it. And I just kind of go back and forth for three to four hours until it's five o'clock and I can leave work. Um, And my YouTube algorithm must be like, look, we don't know what this guy believes, but if we just keep throwing inflammatory things at him in either direction, he seems to be happy. He seems to be satiated. So as long as there's no as long as there's no nuance in anything any of these people are saying, he's gonna love it. As long as somebody is gonna watch it and get their feelings hurt, that's that's he's the audience for this. That's exactly what he's looking for. Everybody that I've ever had any intellectual faith on when it comes to like po- political or social commentators. There is somebody else out there calling that guy a retard. And how intelligent I think that person is just depends on which video I see last. I used to think Jordan Peterson was a smart guy. I used to think Jordan Peterson was really, really intelligent. And then I read a Reddit thread where 35 anonymous individuals called him a moron, despite the fact he has several PhDs. And I'm like, oh, maybe he is. Here I was thinking, being a university lecturer... And one of the world's most famous academics must make him an intelligent guy. But Pussy Crusher 69 at Reddit seems to think he's a he's a bit of an idiot. Actually, no, the guy that would criticize Jordan Peterson on Reddit wouldn't be Pussy Crusher 69. It would be like a feminist god 23. Because he still loves Jordan. That's a niche reference. Michael Jordan's uh, number was 23. Is that is that worth pointing out? Probably not. I think about how the people that I know that listen to this, I know my, I know Chris Green will be listening to this. It's my girlfriend's dad. He equates for 2.5% of my listenership. And I know my mother listens to this. And I've talked to both of them and they're like, you know, sometimes you talk about things and I have no fucking clue what you're going on about. You mentioned these names as if I meant to know who that person is. My mother, 100%, has no idea who Jordan Peterson is. My mother is, until I said, until she heard the words mother, has been tuned out of the last 95 seconds of this conversation. And then I make a reference to Michael Jordan's jersey number. Who is my audience? What am I doing this for? It's great to be here. I went to, a, I went to an escape room yesterday. I went to a, an escape room as part of a work bonding activity. And... Um, it was, it was pretty cool. I was, in, I was in this room with six of my colleagues that I don't really know. Some of them I know fairly well. Others I really just don't know well at all. And uh, on the one hand, it was, it was exciting. It was fun. And it was great bonding activity. But on the other hand, uh, we didn't get out of the escape room in time. And I'll never forgive them. If, if there were seven of me in that room, we would have flown through it. The, it was kind of like, I imagine, being a mother with six children, when you you can't turn your attention to one thing without the six other ones 
just losing their mind in the court. I'm just ducking from one activity. The guys, all right, can, all right can, if, if you just stay here, don't touch anything, all right? Don't leave everything as you see it. I will be back in just one moment. Until then, here, look, close my keys. Close my keys, all right? I've got to go solve this puzzle over here. My word. And I also, we got stuck on this one part of the puzzle. There was a motion sensor, and every time we tried to, it was, it was a bank vault. The escape room was bank vault themed. And uh, every time you got into the vault, an alarm went off uh, because there was a motion sensor in there. Um, and we couldn't work out how to fix it. We looked at all these, we've got to find a way to turn the thing off. Maybe we can, can we shut the power out in the vault? Is that what we're doing? There's a thing over here about the thermostat. Does the thermostat have something to do with it? And we probably spent about 15 minutes trying to work that out. And then eventually, because I refused to ask for a hint, because you can ask for as many hints as you want. And then they were like, should we ask for a hint? And I didn't say anything. I just gave them a look being like, Are you insane. Do you have no self-respect? We're going to ask some 45-year-old divorcee who works at an escape room at a Wednesday lunchtime for help. That's We're going to turn to this man, this Steve Carell 40-year-old virgin without the charisma. We're going we're gonna to come groveling to him, are we? That's what we've come to. I didn't say that, but that's what my eyes were saying. Um, but eventually we did relent and we are, and he actually, you know what, he, he forced the hint on us. He was watching me like, you guys are so, there's no fucking way you're going to get through this. You have no idea what's happening. You're not even close. And he's like, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, an, it's a motion sensor. So what would happen if you just got in there and you just waited at the keypad and didn't move and then you turned the alarm off? And part of me went, I thought about that. Part of me went, I had that thought 15 minutes ago, but everyone was too busy squabbling about other things. I could barely hear my own thoughts. And that's a real shame because if I had heard my own thoughts, we would have had the answer. Now, is that true? Almost certainly not. Almost certainly I never even considered that. Uh, but hindsight vision is twenty twenty, and in hindsight, I knew. I knew. The seven of me, if I'd cloned myself six times, we'd all gone to that escape room. We wouldn't have needed a hint. We would have been solving problems he hadn't thought. We would have found faster ways to do it. He'd be like, I've never seen anyone solve it that way. And I'm like, I know. We all know. We're some of the greats. The level of narcissism I have for, for puzzles like that. Like, every time I sit down to play chess, I'm like, I'm going to be great at this. Why? Why would you be good at this? You've never played this game. You played it on an app once for like 15 minutes and got angry because some t child beat you. Why would you be better now? Oh, I just... Life experience, wisdom. Back in Sydney. Got back to Sydney on Sunday. So I'm back gigging. Did gigs uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, it's only Thursday. Tuesday, Wednesday night. Got another gig tonight. I'm doing that uh, Neil, Dan and Friends. The Well, it's called Comedy Untamed now. And you've probably seen that. I, I post stuff on my Instagram. You've seen it on TikTok where we do line games. Um... And we've got to come up with, uh, with jokes for, for prearranged topics. And uh, i got to say, if, if, those, if those videos don't take off on Instagram and TikTok, there's a part of me that's like, well, there goes my Thursday night. Could have watched MasterChef. How good's MasterChef, by the way? 
I think everything about my persona says I should discredit MasterChef and everyone watches it, but wow, what a program. Huge fan. And uh, I'm still, because uh, I was in, a, in Nambucca all week last week and there are no gigs last week, I couldn't get the opening spot for the Lady Gaga pink tribute that was happening at the local servicemen's club in... I don't remember what the name of the town was. Something forgettable. Mitchell? It wasn't Mitchell. I don't know. I couldn't, couldn't get a gig in. So I'm like, I'm just going to write. I'm just going to write and write and write. And I was writing and during the, during the drive up there, I was thinking of jokes and writing them down on my phone. And I'm sitting there going, wow. I have so many jokes. I have so, how am I going to find time to delight audiences with all of these jokes that I've written? There's just not enough time in the day. I've only got a 10-minute set. I've got like an hour's worth of jokes I've written this week. How am I going to whittle down this hour to the hour I'll write in the next week? There's just too much content. And then I take it on stage and I'm like, oh, none of these are jokes. Mm, okay. I thought I'd written jokes here. No, apparently what I've written is sentences. Uh, I've spent five... I thought I had five solid comedy-filled minutes of defending teachers for having sex with their students. And then I get to stage and I'm like, oh, no, you, you have nothing of, of substance here. All you've done is hurt a group of, peeling, a group of, feeling, uh, a group of people's feelings... Uh, and demonized uh, what are essentially victims. Um, and I mistook that for comedic greatness. Every time it comes to write new material, like, because I've, I've kind of been through this, you know, you spend your whole year putting together an hour of material, and then you perform that at a comedy festival, and then you ditch it. And you, you start again. And every time I start again, I think, you know what? This is the year I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make some points. This is the year I'm finally... I've been making people laugh, but this year I'm going to say something. People are going to leave my shows with a whole new perspective on life. And then I go on stage and the immediate feeling I get from the entire room of people is like, why are you talking to us right now? Does this guy, this guy knows no one knows who he is, right? This guy knows this is just one of nine other guys. Why is he talking about gender right now? And I'm like, okay, fuck it. All right. Back to the jokes. Back to one-liner jokes that are really about nothing. Making points I don't believe in. Sure. Because you know where I come to make a point about the world? You know where I come to lay down some wisdom? I come to show some respect Tom Whitcomb is talking. And I prattle on for 23 minutes. What about? Who knows? Who knows? There's a guy in the Sydney comedy scene at the moment who is uh, just, ha just live blogging a mental breakdown. It's quite spectacular, actually. This, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I, I think I have to. This guy... Everyone in, everyone in Sydney comedy will know who I'm talking about right now. And the only reason I haven't said his name is not because of protecting his likeness, of, of protecting his image, is because no one knows, none of one who's not in Sydney comedy knows who this guy is, and everyone who is in Sydney comedy knows exactly who this guy is. This guy, <clears throat> this guy went on a podcast recently and and told them and i think this was before psychotic breakdown i think this was actually during one of his more kind of lucid moments told them that he went trans because he was bored 
I remember all of a sudden one day, and it's, uh, all of a sudden one day he's like, oh, by the way, uh, my name is Kat now, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a woman, so if you, could, if you could use she, her pronouns. And we all did it, like a bunch of fucking idiots. The, this guy made no, imp, no effort whatsoever to become a woman. Still had a massive beard, still dressed the exact same way, still had sex with the same people. Just was like, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm trans now. And I think everyone in the Sydney comedy scene was like, this is bullshit. And then everyone at the Sydney comedy scene was simultaneously like, well, I guess I got to do this now because we can't say it's bullshit, even though we all know it is. And then six months later, out comes a podcast. I was like, yeah, I just got bored. So I thought I'd become trans. Oh my goodness. He started a Kickstarter for gender reassignment surgery, which is still live while he's on a podcast saying he needs gender reassignment surgery because he's, 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 things are a little bit dull. You know, some people binge Netflix. Some people have their penises removed just to spice up the day. And we all... That's the, it's the, it's, that, is the, that is the thing about this kind of like... The whole gender conversation is it doesn't really matter <clears throat> what you think about the situation. Like, there's a part of me that thinks... And I'm not trying to say this to discredit any ideology or whatever... But, like, if I just, nothing changed. Nothing changed whatsoever except I started rocking up to queer and women's only spaces, spaces and said, hey, uh, I'm gender fluid and uh, I've decided I'm a, I'm a woman this evening. Um, just for the length of this comedy show, I'm going to be a woman. Um, can I get up? That even though everyone would know I'm full of shit, everybody, from the crowd to the comedy room bookers to the other comedians, they'd all know I'm just taking the piss. Everyone would be too afraid to say something and they would just go, fuck, he's got us. <sighs> we got to put him on. We got to put him on. I mean, her, sorry, we got to put her on. We got to put her on, my bad. Um, and, you know, this is her coming out day, so we should probably give her a headline spot. I know she's not a woman. I know she doesn't really mean this, but are you going to tell her that? We can't, we can't say that in public. And that's exactly what happened with Kat. I'm st we're still in group chats referring to them as them. And they've got, a, so they've got a Kickstarter, which is for gender reassignment surgery slash a flight to LA. Uh, and it has one donor from Kat's dead name and then 10 donors all giving quite small amounts under anonymous identities. Clearly, all of them her. My dog has just... Give, wait one second. My dog has just moved the camera and I'm furious. i got to go hit it. Oh, sorry. That took longer than I thought. I had to take the dog to the vet. Um, <clears throat> but... Uh, and this person is now just sending vaguely... Oh, he's hitting the camera again. Come here. Wait. Get out of there. Uh... And now this person is just sending vaguely threatening messages to all of the people in Sydney. All the comedians that has ever had anything to do with this person being like, hey, um, either, one of two messages, either you're a piece of shit, you treated me terribly, you're the reason I'm going through this, give me money, or, hey, I've always been a good friend to you, I've done so much to help you out, give me some money. The giving me money seems very central to a lot of what this person's key sort of uh, 
<laughs> what their key intentions are in all of this. This is it's the most baffling shit. And now she's keeping a blog. And now I'm doing it. She, he, his name is Syed. And he's running a blog. And, oh, maybe, am I going to have to cut his name out of this? I, I, look, he's going to, if, he's going to know. He's writing a blog just, just, I really, okay, I've got to, I don't even have my, oh, my phone's recording the thing. I really want to read out some of this. All right, so I've just had to clip this up. I started reading the blog thinking it would be funny to read it online, and it just got very sad. And I just kind of realized it's kind of one of those you had to be there sort of moments. So I can't, I can't, I'm not going to share it with you, but if you want to know more, just DM me, and I'll shoot you the WordPress, and I can give you even more, even more backwards. I've really lost steam here. I've really lost. This is the thing I wanted to talk about. Unrelated. Has anyone seen this video that's gone viral of the guy in the Northern Territory hitting the crocodile over the head with a frying pan? This this is kind of similar to what I was saying last week about the Socceroos goalkeeper, how we turn the most undeserving individuals into national icons and heroes. It's one of my least favourite things about Australians and Australia in general is like who we choose to glamorise and turn into celebrities. This guy, all right, everyone's about this is the most Australian thing ever. What a hero. First of all, the crocodile is sitting in his backyard. He goes down the stairs to be in what is now the crocodile's backyard. He goes down the stairs to confront this crocodile. He doesn't have to be there at all. That crocodile owns that space. It belongs to him now. He should have left it, but no, no, no. He went down there armed with a frying pan going... Watch this, all right? First point, this guy either has a death wish or is willing to die to go viral. And to be fair, I can relate to not one but both of those things. The second thing is, the crocodile charges at him, he hits him over the head twice with a frying pan. Obviously, this guy has taken the Three Stooges school of self-defense. And the crocodile goes away. And it ends well for now. I, for one, hope that crocodile comes back with two or three of his crocodile buddies and breaks this guy's kneecaps and then eats them. But for now, he's safe. This man has put so much blood. This man has so much blood on his hands now. Do you know how many TikTokers are going to go to the Daintree just looking to self-record an interaction with a crocodile. This guy got on the news. He got on the project. He's gone viral. I don't know whether he's got a TikTok account. If he does, I'm assuming he has millions of followers already. And somewhere there is a 19-year-old planning a trip to the Kakadu and packing their best Teflon to go there and get a viral video, to go and make... Dare I say some content. There you go, James Dunlop, your favorite word of mine. A bit of content. Packing their best Teflon, making their way to the middle of the NT just so they can get their nine seconds of fame. And most of them are going to die. All right, there are going to be record levels of crocodile deaths this year. Mark my words. From fame-hungry Gen Zs looking for a TikTok and finding the right trending sound that they can go with. I hope they find the right trending sound that will best accompany them being death rolled by a crocodile. Because that's what we're going to see. And look, you know, what am I doing? 
I'm, I'm trying to turn it into some content myself because that's the game we're in <clears throat> and that's what we're here to do. Well, guys, I think we can agree it did lose a little bit. It went off the rails a little bit, but hey, it's been fun. It's always fun. There's another 30-something. I'm going to have to cut some stuff out. There's a good, like, 31, 32 minutes. That's that's what you promised. That's what you're here for. Thanks for listening. Still haven't programmed the uh, theme song into the into the roadcaster. Still not making anywhere near the amount of usage that I can out of this little piece of equipment. But, hey, what's wrong with Bluetooth? Bloody nothing, if you ask me. Hey, have a fantastic week. I hope you enjoy State of Origin on this Sunday. I hope you've already enjoyed it because it's already happened by the time you'll hear it. And until next time, I've been Tom Whitcomb. You've been respectful. I just got a message. Messenger. I'll leave it there. Thanks, everyone. See ya.